Hello, I'm Sue Bose, and this is the Net Hero Podcast. Thank you so much for supporting us over the years. And if you've not come across our channel before, let me tell you what we do. The Net Hero Podcast is part of futurenetzero.com, a platform which believes that better business makes a better planet. We're all about people doing things that enable the planet to become more sustainable. That means reducing emissions, that means creating new things and products that we can all live and survive with, because at the end of the day, we can't hold back our development. We want a better planet, and I believe that business is the way for us to get that, by providing us products and services that have a lower carbon profile. And they're the kind of stories that we will be promoting on this channel. If you've seen and listened to our podcast before, you'll know that we've talked to scientists, academics, business people, but we're happy to talk to anyone who's trying to do their bit to make things different. And now, on to this week's episode. Hello, this week, you can always tell I am a dedicated follower of Fashion, the net Hero t-shirt is my usual wear, but reality is I've probably got the same clothes I had back in 1987. I've never been a great fashionista, although things change and certain clothes are very in at certain times. But that's not clearly the case for the Gen Zers who are on TikTok endlessly looking at what to buy. The fashion industry has been under the spotlight for a few years. People talk about kind of the way clothes are made, child labor, but also lately, a very big area that the fashion industry has had to get to grips on is its carbon footprint emissions. What's it doing? Because as we all know, fashion comes and goes. But do those mean those products come and go? So is there a way of still having all the fashion we want and not cutting down that industry, creating innovative clothes, allowing young people to change and do different things, but in a sustainable way? Well, that's what I'm going to discuss today with a company called Pyrotex, who are doing exactly that, using sustainably sourced fibers to change the fashion world. And I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Icha Claver, who uh, will take us through, and she looks like she's dressed for fashion, Icha, you're looking very smart today, what this is all about. Um, welcome to the Net Hero podcast. Thank you so much, Humit, and thank you so much for having me uh, and letting me talk about Pyrotex. I'll go into it in a minute about you, but let's start with the, the fashion world. Um, I don't know your background, but as I say, you're looking very, very smart off today. Fashion is big, isn't it? It's a massive industry and it's a massive industry pretty much globally because you could say that there are certain markets. Everyone knows the London, Paris, New York thing, but fashion is, is, is kind of universal. And there's this big thing about fashion being an international supply chain that it's you know, sold here, but made elsewhere. And that wasn't the case 50 to, you know, 100 years ago. So where is fashion now in terms of kind of the picture of sustainability, would you say? Absolutely. There's a lot of things you point out that are interesting because it's true. We're 8 billion, almost 8 billion people here on the planet that needs to be dressed and is getting dressed to go to work every day. So in order to cope with that, well, the textile industry is mainly focused. You will be surprised because it's very untransparent or not a very transparent supply chain, but mostly is coming from Asia. We have, um, for instance, fashion starts with the fiber. And this is something where yeah. we at Vertex are very much focused on. 
like what kind of fiber, the, the choice of fiber. And the fiber is not, for instance, if you if you think about it um, here in Europe, we don't see any cotton fields. No, of course not. No. So though that, for instance, cotton is coming mainly from China and India, which are the main um, suppliers there. And then, so yes, it's a very um, opaque an untransparent supply chain and it's very important actually to, to ask yourself the question like where is this uh, garment coming from um where has it where's the fiber coming from what is it made of which garment manufacturer where has it been going on has it been uh, made in in bangladesh has it been made here in europe these are all important questions to to ask yourself when shopping and in terms of the fibers that's one stage then there's the actual making and the pattern cutting the mm -hmm. dyeing and all of that. Now, is that all still, I get my t-shirt and I buy it from a shop in a high street in, you know, Amsterdam or London or wherever in, in Europe, but it could have traveled thousands of miles, couldn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what happens, for instance, you, it starts with a plant. First of all, the question is, for instance, how is this plant grown? There is mm. already like a first question to to ask. Has it been done through, for instance, uh, has irrigation been used, intensive irrigation? Um, has pesticides been used or not? That's why it's also important um, to see whether it's an organic, um, has any organic certification like OCS or GOTS. Once it's harvested, it gets treated yeah. and it's being prepped for it to be sold as a fiber. The fiber then um, is being spun. And these this all sounds very easy, but it's not. And actually, all these processes are often happening in different places. Yeah, I was so, going to say that. So that it's grown somewhere, <laughs> transported somewhere. All exactly, yeah. exactly. And then once it's spun, what happens then? Who makes them? And once it's spun, it can either be like knitted into a knitted fabric or woven fabric. It's depending whether you what you like to use it for. And once it's in a fabric, it's then cut and sewn into a garment. So these are all different steps that can happen at different places. And usually the fiber preparation is you tend to be close to where the plant is being harvested, but the spinning not necessarily. Could be anywhere. Yeah, could be anywhere. It can happen in Asia, but it can also happen here in, in, in southern of Europe, in Portugal, for instance, or Turkey. There's still a lot of garment manufacturing going on there. So, um, yeah, so it and it's not just like I said, it's a, the choice as well is very important because to go back to those 8 billion people that needs to be clothed every day in order to sustain such such a demand. It's estimated that the textile industry admits more than half a million uh, tons of microplastics in the sea every year, just by the sheer amount that, of polyester that is produced in order to cope with that demand. Because there's a big difference between natural fibers and synthetic fibers. And for instance, polyester is a synthetic fiber. So it's a man-made fiber from coming from petrol. And compared to natural fibers like cotton, linen, natural fibers are just like the plants that are made of, biodegradable, but uh, synthetic fibers are not. So basically, polyester shirt can biodegrade between 40, but that's usually it's more like 200 or 400 years, depending very much on how they're dyed and things like that. So right now, what we're dealing, what we're seeing is that um, that amount of polyester that is being used in the textile industry is actually only increasing despite everything that we know. Hmm. And now more than half of everything that is produced, more than 50%, 54% in, 
is actually made of polyester. That's incredible. I mean, I mean, polyester is awful. I hate to say it. I'm sure people are probably <laughs> watching this and wearing it now, but I've always hated it. But just to go back a bit so that the, the, the viewers and listeners can get an idea, we, we talked about the materials and you talk about the kind of garment process. There's a dyeing and stitching. But then there's the, the other fi final bit of this kind of chain that gets me wearing a T-shirt is it then often has to be flown or shipped exactly. or whatever to yep. a, a central point and then distributed to the shops, isn't it? That's all part of the chain, isn't it? It is, absolutely. And actually, um, well, it's not very common that, that garments are being flown usually what's being used in it. Usually, especially for instance, when a, a European brand would yeah. be producing in Asia and China, they would import everything by boat because right. it's right. also yeah. very, very expensive to ship by air. But it is happening. And actually, it did came uh, um, there was like a recent article that came out, for instance, about Zara um, shipping, uh, I'm sorry, like uh, transporting by air, flying in lots of goods from Asia yeah. because of such a high turnover and it always about like just finding the new the and and this is the other thing that you know this idea of people may have heard it the just in time you know so mm -hmm. there's you know we have a season everyone knows there's a fashion season right now we're in kind of you know the early part of the year and people are already looking to the spring collections some of them are already planning their summer collections so there's all this work going on you, you said something very very interesting there about the kind of polyester side of it. And obviously, we know the fossil fuel industry uh, and, and what's going on there. And this is one of the areas that people probably don't really think about, is that the, the, the sheer amount of what we uh, are wearing is actually yeah. emissions coming from, from uh, the, the, the polyester, from the uh, plastics that go into things. And shoes, shoes trousers, clothes, all of that. How, how much would you say, and I don't know if you've got the exact figure, how much has that shifted from being kind of, because, you know, the traditional thing was, yeah, cotton shirts, silk shirts, things like that, wool. Has it kind of become that it's a mix of the two fabrics or is it really now there are a lot more clothes made solely using kind of, because you hear of things like Gore-Tex and you hear of things like, mm -hmm. you know, the, the stretching materials. Is that all kind of coming from, uh, original fossil fuel base there are no no exact numbers on uh, for instance what the blends are but right. it's definitely uh, it's an interesting topic because if you would have um it has also all, all to do with recyclability and end of life of a product of course yeah for instance uh, so natural fibers are um biodegradable um but um so synthetic fibers are not and they're often there are often blended indeed with polyester and that is a real problem the the blends are a real problem because for instance cotton uh, can be recycled but it's a mechanical process right and polyester can be recycled but usually for um, 100% polyester to recycle is not exactly it's not the same process so when you have those blends it definitely makes it more difficult and actually the whole end of life uh, is one of our biggest challenges now in the, in the in the, um, in the fashion industry because i think what most people don't know because we see maybe recycled fibers uh, yeah that, yeah what people don't really understand is that what we've seen is not post-consumer it's post-industrial recycled or it's either plastic bottles being recycled but it's not of all those all those huge amount of garments that are being produced in fact only one percent is being recycled and going back into the fashion industry and this is a real killer for people because what they do is they go i've worn it Okay, I bought it cheaply, yeah. I've worn it, but I've done a good thing. I've given it to a charity to recycle. Exactly. Or it's yes. going, but we've seen stories, and everyone's seen it, where basically they just go on a boat and then they get buried or burned. Exactly. 
So whose responsibility is that? Well, right now, the legislation is, thank God, is changing in Europe. So it will be also the producer who will be partially responsible for that. Yes, hopefully um, the producer, because it, it all starts as well with the choice of fabrics and the choice of materials when designing a, a garment. But it also starts with the high the quality. So um, because if it's something is high quality, you're instead of donating it, you're probably more likely be reselling it. Yes. So, um, so it would... High quality means durability. So that's another thing that is it's important. And also just to explain a little bit what we do here at Pyrotech, because I haven't got really into that, but the Pyrotech. No, no, I don't worry about that. I'm gonna to come to that in a second. I just wanted to get the picker of the fashion industry, and I will talk about your 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 fabrics in a second. But sure. the last point I wanted to make is I don't know what your background is. Have you been in the fashion industry yourself? Yes. Or not? Yeah, yes. right. So it's one of those industries that seems very glamorous, okay. My sister's a photographer, she's done a lot of fashion shoots. But it is also an industry with this very, very high turnover of products, right? Now you buy, you buy a, a phone and it generally lasts you a couple of years. There are certain people who buy clothes and they wear them for a couple of times, not even, you know. Has the fashion industry changed since you've been in it? And is it now aware of what it does is encourage, dare I say, more consumption? Um, well, the, fair, the fashion industry is, is vast, and mm. I think you have to um, um, differentiate. It goes from, for instance, we have the fast fashion on one side, yep. then we have premium labels or maybe lo ma um, locally made labels yeah. or, or heritage or high quality, and then we have the luxury yeah. as well. So these are all very different in the way they behave and where they produce and, and the amounts that they produce as well. But fashion is about change, though, isn't it? That's what it's about. You it's don't wear the same thing for years and years, do you? Yeah, so it's all about change, and especially now and also since lots have changed in the fashion industry and, and it's constantly changing, which is very interesting and makes it a wonderful sector to work in. But it's true that um, the focus has been the last decades of cost reduction and moving right. yeah, of chaos. Uh, productions. Uh, cheaper clothes. Cheaper clothes, offshoring. Um, yeah. So this has been the major trend. And then China was maybe the cheapest, but then maybe Bangladesh became the cheapest yeah. and they moved yeah. over there. And, yeah. and yeah. So, it has been, so it has been going on and going on. It's not an easy topic. And uh, there's a lot to say about that. So I don't... No, I get it. But, but you know, you're in it. You've been in it. I just mm -hmm. want to know whether people are just thinking, hey, okay, but I want to sell my next line. Or do you think there are people saying enough we've got to look at this seriously there are lots of people who are completely fed up with how the things are working okay yes that's yes, positive that's, that makes me feel a bit better and they're knocking on our doors every day so it's it's really interesting to see how many people and 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 how much willingness there is i don't think though that lots of people do not maybe feel empowered to make those choices especially when they work if they still work for a fashion brand because yeah, they of course. have to hit certain margins they do certain have targets to yes certain targets and of course, there are now more and more brands that also commit to sustainability. Yes, that we've seen that. Yeah, absolutely. Garments that say that. Let's move it on to exactly what you do. So let's assume, and it is going to be the truth, no one's going to give up on fashion. And as you said, it's a good world. It's a great world. A lot of people have great careers and it employs a lot of people. So we need fashion. What are you doing with Pyrotex? Because you're going back to the stage of the actual fibers, aren't you? The actual raw material. So can you tell the viewers and listeners what you're using 
and what you turn them into. Yes, exactly. So, so we are an R&D company and a textile supplier of circular knits that uh, we are focused on replacing synthetic fibers with new natural ones or recycled ones or regenerative ones. So meaning the kind of fabric collections, the kind of fibers that you can find in our collection are, for instance, uh, seaweed-based fibers oh. or banana agri-waste, agri-waste from the orange industry in Italy, mm, recycled cotton, kapok, nettle. These are the kind of, uh, to give you some examples, the fibers that you can find in our collection, because there actually are happening a lot of, uh, there are a lot of innovations happening in the textile industry. The only issue is often they're not scalable or you can, they're not very focused maybe on the market. In the end, you don't see them really in the high street and we are really trying to aim that. So we're trying to really make commercial products out of new innovative solutions. Um, there, for instance, there are very new procedures now being invented in order to recycle post-consumer materials, which is obviously the biggest challenge that we're facing right now. So we're we're trying. So for instance, there are chemical ways of recycling instead of mechanical ways of of, of recycling. Right. Um, that would allow us maybe to work with mixtures of of fibers that we were mentioning before. So we're working with with fiber companies, and we develop those fabrics, and we we develop those fabrics in uh, commercially viable products that are high quality, that are locally produced because we produce everything here in Spain, Portugal and Italy. And we also produce in um, Mexico to be closer to our US uh, brands. And so we work mainly as well with brands that produce local. Okay, let's let's go through that. So you've got something, let's take Italy, right? I know it's quite well. So let's take, as you said, the, the orange industry. Yeah. There's the leaves, there's bits of bark, there's all of that. What do you take? How do you turn it into a fiber? And then where is it all made? Because we talked earlier about the kind of yeah. it's it's grown there and then made somewhere else and transported somewhere else and cut somewhere yeah. else. What are you doing to clean this all up? Exactly. So we're trying to be as local as possible, which is not easy no. because these are very different steps. So for instance, in this particular case, we we're uh, for this for this particular story and this particular fiber, we're using peels from oranges right. that are being uh, thrown away for the orange juice industry. Right. In this case, it's not necessarily, it's a biodegradable, but it's something that is already existing. And at the same time, in, in the huge amount that it's being discarded of. Yeah, it's you've a, got it there. It's a good raw material. Exactly. But it's um, it, as a material, it's not enough. So it needs to be dried. And it needs to be grounded, and then it's added to a wood cellulose a solution. Right. Uh, that, pro- that procedure is done in Austria. Wood right. cell- the wood that it's made of is also comes from a sustainably managed forest because okay. that's obviously important. That um, as yeah. well, it's a mixture, and then in the end, what you get is a, a, a fiber that is very close to a lyocell, so in touch. It's um, so it's a man-made fiber, but it's not synthetic. It's a natural man-made fiber. Exactly. That's what you're saying. Okay, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then where does it go? And then when we it goes back to Italy to be spun, and in ah. Italy it's it as well. And they do all the making of the clothes that locally there, then for the, the place it's spun, or is it then just sent out as rolls of material to local distributors? We sell it as rolls, but right. obviously. Obviously, usually for brands, it makes sense to do the garment manufacturing in Italy as well because they have wonderful garment manufacturers. So, yeah, um, yeah so it makes sense to do it all in one spot. 
I mean, I don't, you must have done the maths and the, the sort of numbers, but on average, what do you think you're reducing in terms of, you know, emissions? If that was going to be like freshly grown cotton or freshly grown, what are you doing by using this recycled process of the orange peel and the cellulose and the wood? How do you think you're affecting the footprint of, of what you produce? Well, we, we're, we're working with a company, it's a Spanish company that measures our, the impact of all the fibers and the different productions that we do. And that's a lot of things to take in, into account, obviously. But yes, definitely use reductions on CO2, on pesticides and on water usage just by using recycled fibers or by using kind of fibers that grow naturally and do not need an intensive irrigation. Do you have a percentage or amount of tons you, you may have saved? Or? Uh, we have and it's different per, um, per fiber, but it could be like um, out of the top of my head, but it could be two kilos of pesticides less. Um, what per ton of material you're producing or something like that? or It's per meter. You per meter. Okay, wow. Okay, right. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. cloth is obviously a cloth that's sold in meters. Yeah. And what about the water use? Because that's a very interesting one you've said. Yeah, and then, uh, that absolutely. Especially, for instance, just using recycled cotton, which is post-industrial that we use and so also post-consumer. It's, it's a, you're, you're, you're missing out on a huge amount of water usage. So... Uh, that can be from 3,000 to 10,000 uh, liters per, per meter. Wow. Depending on the blends and, and, yeah. So you're making this material, as you say, in Southern Europe and, and there's a site in Mexico. What sort of things are, is it being made into right now? So right now, the typical fabrics they're used, for instance, for T-shirts, sweatshirts, uh, yoga pants, tops, but oh. also like more designs like pret-a-porter, dresses. It's depending on the brand because that's a, the, when it comes to the design, it's the brand who is designing our clients. So And the brands, uh, you don't have to name them, but... Are they brands that people would know or is it kind of still very niche sort of eco brands that are picking this up? Well, we're trying obviously to work with everyone and make those um, innovations available to everyone, whether it's a new brand starting out or an established brand that is looking to change their materials. So we have worked in the past with brands like... Um, for instance, Ghani, uh, well, Pangaya is, a, is an English brand, um, but also with brands like Pepe Jeans, Mongo. Okay. Spanish brands as well, obviously. Um, so, yeah. And this material, is it really for clothes? Or could you see it in trainers or, you know, uh, waterproof coats and things like that? Where, 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 what's the uses? Or is it really for things like... As you say, the sort of leisure clothes, the T-shirts, that sort of stuff. Well, in this particular, we're focusing on the type of structures that we do, which is our circular knits are more apt for, indeed, for, for clothing. But we're definitely looking into the future on expanding the range of kind of materials that we're producing and also creating produce or creating fabrics that are more suitable for fabrics, like indeed for clo uh, for shoes and, and, and jackets. But having said that, Shoes and jackets are definitely, for instance, waterproof. In order to get something, a material waterproof, mm. it's treated with a very chemical coating usually. So um, There's a swing and a roundabout. Yeah, I get it. I yeah. get it. Um, I suppose this is the killer question. Is your stuff more expensive? Because at the end of the day, we're all in a crisis uh, economically everywhere in the world, frankly, let's be honest. So people may think, do you know what? I really like what you're doing. And I want to buy a T-shirt made of it. It's just too damn expensive. 
is it more expensive? Well, compared to suppliers that produce here in Europe, I think we're not that more expensive. It might right. be slightly expensive depending on the kind of fiber that we're looking at. If it's a very innovative fiber, very new, but we're definitely aiming to 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 be competitive. The, the aim is not to be an exclusive brand, but to be there for everyone. Um, the, the issue is that most people compare maybe with prices that are not, well, that, for instance, produced in Asia in very different social workers. Correct. Yeah. Uh, social conditions um, in, in very different materials, very different quality. So it's also about comparing, uh, well, the right fabrics together. So this is the problem, isn't it? Because I think what you're doing is very good and it's brilliant, but it is very much, dare I say, for those who can afford and live in the kind of like the, you know, the Western world or whatever. But 8 billion people need to be clothed. They need to be clothed in the Philippines, in, in parts of India that my family are from, in parts of Brazil. And they're just looking for the cheapest material. Do you feel there's any possibility, because I'm sure other people are doing, but this sort of stuff could start to change so we get that mass market thing that, that affects everyone, do you know what I mean, to bring... The, the, the footprint of our clothing down. I do really hope so. I think I think there are two ways. I definitely hope so because I, I, I as soon as we really have the major companies on board, and like I said, we're already worked. We did already a collection with Mongo. So, but this it's very important that these companies yeah. really are behind these kind of solutions because you can't compare it to price of a fiber that has been in the markets for for ages, for of literally course. hundreds of years. So, so yes, it will definitely lower the price. But having said that, I also think there's real education to be done because when I was young, I didn't have to, um, there was still no fa fast fashion because I'm already that old. But um, <laughs> You don't look it, so don't, 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 don't put yourself down. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, so you would buy much more uh, for, for, its, for something to last. And I think- Yeah, right that's now, true. We get into like this. Um, that's my excuse for wearing the same clothes for ten years. That, that's good. Well, yeah. we're being super, super sustainable. The best. There you go. <laughs> it's the best. No, seriously. And and so I mean to end because we, we we're sort of running out of time. I just wanted to get an idea of where you think this could go because I, I think you know there are so many waste materials and you talked about the microplastic. I think that's awful. What goes on in the sea and everyone can see it. You know, it's affecting our food chain, affecting uh, marine life. But could we start to to reuse any of the kind of things that we see, like the the jackets that are waxed or the jackets that have got kind of you know uh, Gore-Tex in that? Could that eventually be recycled, or do you see this really as those things will stay? And we're looking at going back to the grassroots of using recycling the cotton using things like banana leaves and, as you say, orange peel and other kind of agricultural means to, to change the, the, the fibre end. Where, where do you see this? Well, I definitely see that, that I definitely think it's the future and that's why we're here at Biotex is always looking for innovative um, solutions. It will. It won't be easy, and no. sometimes it can. You can think that that maybe more is in the market than it truly is, and I think that's why it's really important for everyone who goes shopping to have just a look at the care label and see what they're buying and be conscious of what they're buying. Because sometimes we get the impression that you know, 
there's been like so much stuff going on and you see recycled or you see I know, content. I know. And it's also a bit of a greenwashing, literally, so literally greenwashing for the clothes. Exactly. I mean, should there be a real label, you know, across Europe particularly that says yes. where your clothes are from? Europe is working on it, but definitely there should be, it, it's like you said, it's it, the supply chain is complicated. So yeah. let's make a label for it. What tells me how many tons of CO2 this, this coat took? Yeah, to or at least it tells you a little bit like, um, is it biodegradable? Is it a good mm. choice in terms of uh, sustainability? And um, yeah, that would be, that's what we're we're aiming for. It's edu also educating the customer. What's the next steps for Pyrotex then? Well, with Pyrotex, we keep on developing and we definitely keep on growing. We are much more focusing now indeed on um, not just natural fibers, also indeed recycling the post-consumer and there in the fashion industry, big challenges, for instance, Elastan. So that's something that we're really hoping to tackle in the coming years. But it's also we're also focusing as well on the beneficial qualities of wearing natural fibers for your body, because in the end, it's much more it's much more it's much nicer, more comfortable, breathable than um, than polyester or polyamide. So so we also continue to focus on that. But it will be um, uh, the U.S. market and 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 France and uh, Europe, obviously, yeah. which is an important market yeah. for us. No, you know? absolutely. Icha, thank you so much for joining us. People can have a look at what you're doing. Pyrotex, is it pyrotex.com? What's the website? Yes, pyrotex.com. And please have a look. Contact us if you have any questions and if you're excited and passionate about uh, responsible fashion, just as we are. So people can be fashionable, but but can be kind to the planet too. I like it. Absolutely. And you would be surprised, <laughs> especially the younger generation. They're very, very conscious. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. So, look, I feel not guilty about wearing my 1970s velvet jacket because it's now 50 years old. So that's good. Thank you for that. You're and spot on. <laughs> I'm spot on. And I can continue to be sartorially inelegant knowing I'm doing the planet well. Thank you very much for your time today. Thanks for listening and watching the Net Hero podcast. Have you got a thought on fast fashion? Have you got a thought on what pyrotechs are doing and the use of natural fibers? Have you changed your shopping behaviors? Let us know on social media. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on whatever channel you have and we'll catch you very soon. You've been listening to the Net Hero podcast with Summit Bose from Future Net Zero. Visit our platform for all things Net Zero. And if you or your business is doing great things on the path to net zero and want to be featured on the podcast, email nethero at futurenetzero.com. Follow us on social media. futurenetzero.com. Better business, better planet.